Welcome to No Ad, No Problem, a podcast devoted to college tennis and growing the game. Check us out on Twitter at JTweetsTennis and Instagram at No Ad, No Problem. I'm your host, John. Let's serve it up. Hey, everyone. The fall season is officially in the books. The ITA released the final fall rankings today, so I figured I'd hop on and share some general reactions and takeaways. We'll start just addressing how the rankings work and if they really matter, and then we'll break down the men's and women's singles rankings. So no guests today, just a solo pod. Wanted to get out some live reactions about today's rankings. Okay, so first, how do they work? So the first thing to note is that these rankings only include ITA-sanctioned matches during this academic season. They do not include any ITF Pro results, no UTR results. And if you're curious to see exactly what matches make up these results for certain players, you can always go to the ITA website where they have the rankings. You can click into the player name and you can see all of the results that have counted towards this ranking. So that's the first thing to note. Only ITA matches contribute to this ranking. The second thing is that these fall rankings, the final rankings, only count your five best wins, and then you have unlimited losses. And so this more heavily punishes losses. And by the end of the season, as they expand to count your 15 best singles wins, it becomes a little more evened out. And so This works the exact same way that your spring rankings work. This is really your first look into how things are going relative to what your end of year ranking will be. It's a good barometer for how many ranked wins did you get over the fall and other things like that. So you essentially get points for who you beat and then you take loss points for who you lose to. And so early in these rankings in November, there's a lot of volatility. For example, Angelica Blake of Stanford is ranked in the top 50 in this November edition on the merit of one win. She has one win this entire fall, and she has one loss. That one win, though, is to Reese Brantmeyer of North Carolina, who is in the top 10. So there is a lot of volatility early on. It heavily indexes on the quality of those five wins. So that's very important to keep in mind. But it's good to know because this essentially just extends as we move throughout the spring season. We start to count more and more of your ranked wins all the way to 15 in that final iteration of the rankings. So do these rankings matter? To me, it's a little bit of yes and no. Certainly with the addition of the accelerator programs now both for the men and the women, there are very real rewards for your final ITA ranking. And this is the first glimpse into how you are tracking towards that end of season ranking. It's essentially an indication of the quality of your wins currently. But keep in mind, there can be a lot of fluctuation because those players that you beat, maybe they play really low in the lineup of a certain team. And so that ranking might continue to decrease over time or devalue as they fail to get ranked wins. And so for some players, who might play lower in their lineup, they've wanted to build a cushion in the fall, get as many ranked wins as they can, because it's inevitable that they will fall down the rankings by playing lower in the lineup. Great examples are 
oftentimes on the North Carolina women's team where you might see someone in the top 10 at the fall edition and then fall to maybe 20 or 30 as they play four five or six for that team. On the flip side, if you are outside of you know the top 50, your goal is to get into the NCAA tournament, it might tell you how much you need to improve in the spring. If you're in that number two, number three position on your team, are you going to get enough ranked wins to vault yourself into the top 50? So again, they matter both because there are now really clear rewards tied to these rankings, but also it's a good indication for what you need to do uh, to achieve your year-end goals. On the flip side, there's a good amount of evidence that at the end of the day, there's a lot of tennis to be played and there's a lot of new people, new results that will be get, that will get added. If you look at last season on the men's side, only two players from the November top 10 finished in the May edition of the top 10. And that number was four for the women. So it is more likely than not that uh, these top 10 players in these November editions will actually fall out of the top 10. And when you expand that to the top 50, which is a pretty good proxy for NCAA entry, only 62% of the women who finished the top 50 in the fall ended up staying there in May. And it's even less for men. So 44% of men last season who finished in the top 50 in November stayed there come May. And one of the reasons for this delta between the women and the men is that you're starting to see a lot more men take the fall off. Just this fall, you know, there's a long list of top players who have completely taken the fall off, whether that's Nishesh Basavaretti of Stanford, Cannon Kingsley of Ohio State. It's a much longer list than on the women's side. And so there's typically more volatility on the men's side. And you'll see that play out as we talk about these rankings. So it, it really depends on who you are, I would say, on how important this iteration of the rankings are. Okay, so with that in mind, let's dive into the women's rankings, which I think, at least at the top of these rankings, to me are a lot more interesting. So a really fun fact is that the top three women in Mary Stoyana of Texas A&M, Obi Kajuru of Oklahoma State, and Amelia Rejecki of NC State, they're all the top ranked women in their program's history. And to me, this is emblematic of a lot of the conversation we've been having over the past few years about a lot of the new blood programs that we're seeing on the women's side. And these are all programs that embody that. I would say Oklahoma State, their run in 2016, taking on Stanford in that final, embodied sort of these new programs that are getting creative with recruiting, building new facilities to compete with the Stanfords of the world. And it's cool to see Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, and NC State all rise to the top of these singles rankings. So at the top, you do have Mary Stoyana of Texas A&M, the Texas A&M junior. She's, as I mentioned, the first number one in Aggie history. She's 9-1 this fall. She won All-Americans, so a very deserved number one ranking here for her. Number two is Obi Kajuru of Oklahoma State, an extremely strong fall for her, 15-3. and three. She won the Central Region in Oklahoma, and she made the semifinals of Fall Nats. 
And then rounding out this top three of program first is Amelia Rejecki of NC State. Rejecki was one that I was the most surprised of, of these top three. And that's because we didn't see much of Rejecki in fall action. Yes, she was eight and two, but she didn't play the Carolina Regional. Therefore, she didn't play fall Nats. But because we're only counting five wins, one of her wins was over Mary Stoyana of Texas A&M. And so that will carry you a very long way, not only throughout the season, but certainly when you're only counting five wins, that will move you significantly up the rankings. So rounding out the top 10, you had Sarah Hamner of South Carolina. At number five, you had Reese Brantmeyer of North Carolina. At number six, you have Ayanna Ackley of South Carolina. Again, speaking to this narrative of new blood programs, South Carolina, the only school with two top six players there, both Hamner and Ackley have had excellent falls. At number seven, you had Carson Tangillig of North Carolina. Number eight, you have Carolyn Ansari of Auburn. Number nine, Annika Yarlagada of North Carolina. And rounding out the top 10 is Kari Miller of Michigan. Okay, so on quick scan, some of the surprises for me, I talked about both Hamner and Ackley here in the top six. I would have guessed that Ackley would have been four and maybe Hamner would have been six. Uh, that's just because Ayanna Ackley did make the finals of Fall Nats, but she has one additional loss, and so that certainly matters here in the fall. But again, both have had fantastic falls, so it's well-deserved that they're in the top six here. The two names that really surprised me were Carson Tangillig at seven and Carolyn Ansari at eight. Neither player played their regional or Fall Nats. Tangillig seven and three, Ansari six and four. Again, it all, all it takes really is a few very high-quality wins, both of which they have. Outside the top 10, a few surprises were the All-American finalist, Alexa Noel of Miami, a top five preseason-ranked player, is down to number 25. So this is certainly a surprise to see her tumble down the ranks, but she was 5-3 and three this fall, her good results at All-Americans, but you know, lost two straight at Fall Nats, and that will hurt you again in these early season rankings. The next big surprise is that we really haven't seen a lot of freshmen have a ton of success this fall. In fact, the highest ranked freshman is a North Carolina freshman in Theodora Rabman at 32. So something to note as we move into the spring is, you know, do we start to see more of these freshmen move up the rankings like highly touted Alexandra Vekic of Georgia or Catherine Huey of Stanford, the U.S. Open girls champion? That will be something to watch. And, you know, particularly someone like Catherine Huey of Stanford, if she's not playing at the top of that singles lineup, it will be pretty much impossible for her to make the NCAA singles field and get herself in a top 50 ranking position. So that's really kind of the, the main thing you look for here in these rankings is are certain players boxed out? And unless Catherine Way plays one or two for Stanford, she's likely boxed out, which is certainly a surprise given her form at the U.S. Open Girls Championship. All right, let's move to the biggest movers. So uh, the first category I have here is players who moved from unranked into the top 25, so really had a standout fall. And those are three names that if you've listened to the podcast this fall, you will be very familiar with Hannah Villermuller of Cal, 
Emma Charney of USC, and Emily Day Oliveira of Florida. All of these are players who played in the middle or back half of their team's lineup. However, they all came out super strong this fall, all won their regionals, earned a berth to fall nationals, and are all very well deserving of this top 25, given the excellent form they've all displayed this fall. So a huge congrats to those three players who have moved all the way up into the top 25 from being unranked last season. Let's talk about some other big movers who were ranked in the preseason rankings, but have just made massive jumps. At the top of this list is Sophie Abrams of NC State. She's risen 91 spots from being ranked 110 all the way into the top 20 at 19. Sophie Abrams has played a ton of tennis this fall and has won a lot of matches. Huge benefit for her in that she gets to play a lot of those matches near home at Cary Tennis Center, but a fantastic fall for her. And this is a player who might not be playing at the top of NC State's lineup, and therefore you probably think she's built enough of a cushion for her to qualify for NCAA singles, which would be a massive coup for her in her final year at NC State. The second player who moved up significantly was DJ Bennett of Auburn. She is a sophomore there. She moved up 70 spots from being ranked outside the top 100 all the way to number 34. Again, this is a player who may not play at the top of Auburn's lineup. Has she built up enough of a cushion? Can she get a few more ranked wins? Otherwise, you could start to envision a world where that 34 ranking begins to slip. So she'll definitely want to be looking for more ranked wins come the spring. All right, rounding out these uh, players who moved up significantly in the rankings is Valencia Shu of Stanford. She moved up 68 spots from 118 in the preseason rankings all the way to the top 50. Valencia Shu had a fantastic Northwest regional. She got a few really good ranked wins there. Going to be tough for her to maintain this ranking throughout the spring, given where she plays in that Stanford lineup. All right, closing out our women's takeaways are just the noteworthy players who have moved downward in these rankings. A few notable absences is Fiona Crawley of North Carolina. Fiona Crawley had held the top ranking from this November edition last season all the way to the preseason rankings. She only played two matches this fall and she went one and one. So she has fallen outside of the top 125. And then also notably, Fangran Tian of UCLA is not ranked. She did not play this fall, but we do expect to see her in the spring. The other player to note who did play a decent amount, she played 10 matches, is Carol Lee of Georgia Tech. She was ranked in the top 10 of the preseason rankings at number nine. She has dropped down to 107. She has struggled to show the same form she had last spring. All right, so those are the main women's takeaways. Let's move on to the men. And the storyline at the top of these men's rankings are the Texas Longhorns. You have both Elliot Spaziri and Micah Braswell of Texas holding down the top two spots. Elliot Spaziri, the Texas fifth year, has now held the top spot since the February rankings in 2023. He is one of the only undefeated players this fall. He just played All-Americans and he won the event. And that's going to give you 
five good ranked wins and no loss points to almost guarantee that you will be ranked number one at the end of the fall. He is joined by his teammate, Texas senior Micah Braswell, who you can hear my conversation with on this podcast released on Wednesday of this week. He went 14 and two this fall. He won the Texas regional and he won fall Nats. So well-deserving of that top two spot. Rounding out the top 10, my initial reaction was that all of these players are players that we've talked about and seen play a lot of matches this fall. Unlike the women, where I feel like there are a few sneaks based on just one or two good wins, all of these guys played a lot this fall and earned a good volume of wins. So at number three, you have Jack Pennington of TCU, the fall national finalist. You have JJ Tracy of Ohio State. At five, you have Colton Smith of Arizona. At six, you have Ozon Barris of Michigan State. At seven, you have Filippo Maroni of Wake Forest. At eight, you have Olivier Tarve of San Diego. At nine, you have Gavin Young of Michigan. And at number 10, you have Murphy Cassone of Arizona State. So I think players like J.J. Tracy, Colton Smith, Ozan Barris, we've talked a lot about this fall. They have won a lot of matches. Players that might be a little bit more surprising are Filippo Maroni, but he's 12-2. and two. He won the Carolina Regional there. Olivier Tarve, 11-2 and two this fall, had a lot of success. Gavin Young, 6-4 and four at Michigan here at number 9. The record, I think, hides the fact that he had some really good wins in his run to the All-American semifinal. And then Murphy Cassone, you might say, is a surprise to see him ranked at number 10. He is the All-American finalist, but he lost first round at Fall Nats, and so that will will hurt him, uh, certainly, in these early rankings. Okay, other surprises when I did a quick scan here. The first is that our highest ranked freshman on the men's side is Cooper Williams of Harvard at 15. I was surprised to see him ranked this high given he went 0-2 at All-Americans, but he did win the Northeast Regional there, beating Michael Zhang of Columbia in the final. Uh, I'm excited to see more of Cooper Williams in the Ivy League come this spring. And then you had Johannes Monday, who we all thought was taking the fall off, but snuck in a few matches there in San Diego in sort of the hidden duel type format. He went 3-0 there, got some good wins. Uh, and so, yeah, even though he doesn't have five matches, still enough to carry him into the top 20. You can expect him to continue to move up the rankings as he plays more this spring. But overall, I thought the men's was pretty straightforward. Um, not a lot of huge surprises. Let's talk about some of the biggest movers. And before we dive into that, one thing to note is that you do have a lot of turnover on the men's side. So almost half of the players who are in the top 125 of these November rankings weren't ranked in the preseason rankings just a few months ago. So let's give a shout out to the players who went from unranked to the top 30. Leading us off is Kenta Miyoshi of Illinois at number 17. He won the Milwaukee Tennis Classic, which is an under-the-radar event that guarantees you a wild card to fall nationals. So I know he won some matches there as well. So uh, a good fall for him. 
Edward Winter at 23. He's a freshman at Pepperdine. I know there's a lot of hype about him. He didn't make a huge name for himself within the collegiate ranks this fall. No big runs yet, but I think we will see him carry the top of that Pepperdine lineup. The last three names are all names that we just recently talked about, given their performance at Fall Nationals. That's Leo Rakin at number 25 of Middle Tennessee, Alvin Tudorica at 27 from South Florida, and then lastly, Radu Popaway at 29 from Cornell. So you've got five guys there who went all the way from unranked into the top 30 based on the merit of their fall. Shouting out a few other guys who had significant upward trajectories, but were still ranked in the preseason rankings. Some of these guys we talked about, Olivier Tarve of San Diego, he moved up 90 spots from 98 to number eight. Filippo Moroni of Wake Forest, 89 spots from 96 to seven. Jack Anthrop of Ohio State, 70 spots from 81 to 11. I think given these names, you feel pretty confident that Olivier Tarve and Filippo Moroni will anchor top spots of their respective teams and continue to get ranked competition. Jack Anthrop, that's one of those, you know, parallels with the North Carolina women's team where if you're playing at four, five, or six, it's going to be tough to continue to get those ranked wins. But that's a pretty big cushion to build himself being ranked at 11. All right, so those are your biggest movers upward. Let's talk about some of the disappearances or absences or guys who have moved downward. So you, I mentioned earlier you have a lot of guys who are fully taking the fall off, but we did have some names that were initially in the preseason rankings that we never did see play. Those are players like Nishesh Basavretti of Stanford, Jake Fernley of TCU, Justin Boulay of Ohio State. Guys who did play this fall who did move down are Alex Bernard of Ohio State. He moved down 93 spots from a top 10 preseason ranking down to 103. And CM Waldeep of Texas moving down 73 spots from 28 to 101. These both, I would say both of these guys are in that conversation of is there enough tennis for them to play to get back into the NCAA singles event? Alex Bernard in particular made a great run his freshman season last season in Orlando. It's going to be very challenging for him to move from 103 into the top 50 if he plays middle to lower of the Ohio State lineup. Same thing with CM Waldeep. So those are guys to watch to see how much they can make up in this ranking. But that pretty much recaps my takeaways from these November rankings. I'm super excited to get these ready to go. We get some early insight into who's accumulated some good ranked wins. At the end of the day, there's a lot of tennis left to be played, a lot of volatility. And the painful part about these rankings is you're dependent on how well the players you beat continue to perform. So a lot of wait and see as we continue down into the spring. Let me know if you had any other thoughts on this season's final rankings on Twitter or Instagram. Next up for us here on the No Ad No Problem podcast is to start turning to preview content for the 2024 season. So you'll see some of those episodes coming out soon. Really looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a fantastic season. I will talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>